and uh, let's go. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of the Bench Units podcast. Um, I'm Mark, as I've always been. This is James, as he has always been. And we got a special one today because we've got our first guest since we've gone solo. And I think also our first guest who is going to be speaking in his second language to us. Um, so welcome to James's teammate from Gran Canaria, Mendel Opdenorth, which I've never said out loud before, and I'm pretty sure I've got wrong. Hi, guys. That was pretty good, Mark. Was, uh, oh, thanks. I, reala- I realized as I was saying it, it's a Dutch name, and I don't have any idea of the Dutch language, and I think I've only heard it said by an excited Spanish commentator, so I definitely didn't want to break out the kind of loud, bombastic... I won't do my impression, because that would just offend anybody who might be listening. Yeah, you <laughs> right, like most of the continent in being offensive in like two seconds. That actually so, makes it more impressive, because the Spanish guys really find, find new ways to butcher it every game. So. <laughs> every game. Because they're so used to, like, first name, second name, second name. Yeah. Or us coming over and being like, first name, second name, that they've looked at yours and been like, there are so many spaces, and I don't know where to start. <laughs> Let's just run all these into one word and see how we go. Um, Anyway, Mandel, great to meet you, man. I've already said nice to meet you, but I have to say it on the podcast once we're recording, because otherwise I seem rude. And also, James obviously doesn't have to say it's nice to meet you because he knows you. But if it makes me seem more polite than him, then I'm all for it. (laughs) So uh, just to break the ice, I said I was going to ask James this about you. I've heard... Sorry, I was going to ask you this. Um... I've heard nothing but good things about you from James. So what's your opinion on James as a teammate slash human being? I hate this. <laughs> uh, I've, been, I've been extremely happy meeting James two years ago. Um, like, I think James and I have a, a lot of mutual admiration. So I think... Uh, of, yeah. of third parties. Not <laughs> <laughs> that was very, yeah. very nicely handled. I did what I did wonder with all the stuff James has told me. He says you guys have like a lot of shared interests and whatever, but I did wonder because he always says that Ari is like his son. So I wondered if you guys kind of friendship was the equivalent of James being a parent who gets away at the weekends to go and play golf with the other dads. <laughs> Let's just get away from the kids for a bit. I I would characterize it more like a long lost twin sometimes. Like every time James tells me something like ask me if i know something on the internet and i don't we're very surprised and it's the other way around too so. yeah we, we like we've saved the youtube algorithm a little tiny bit of effort because it just like gives us the same suggestions now and it's it's nice it's definitely because it's listening to us when yes. we're together and we're together quite a lot but <laughs> yeah um that's cool i feel a little bit threatened by how close you guys are i'm worried james is going to spin off into a podcast with you I'm just worried about how I'm going to handle this next hour. This might be all my serotonin for the month. Like, I don't know if that's how it works. But We've got, you've got your two long lost siblings together, apparently. I don't know. We might start a podcast next year when when we might live less close, me and James. And potentially, wow, and that's a tease. And then we can do a oh man, okay, let's do a better podcast. Mark and James or Mendel and James. That's James a tease, Mendel. Do you want well, to expand? No. We could we could no. flip it, Mandel, and me and you could start a podcast together and exclude James. I'm sure it'd work fine. Just tell stories about me, but like, <laughs> remember the time this loser did this thing. <laughs> oh man, anyway. yeah, we'll get onto that. So we've started off on a tease about you guys apparently not being teammates next year. So we, I, I'm guessing you don't want to get into what the logistics of that might be at this point. No, that's fine right now. Okay. It's no not because anyone thinks I'm good at basketball. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. 
Um, okay, let's get straight into it then. So, Gran Canaria, um, I was very much hoping that I would catch you guys coming off a win um, on Saturday, which obviously I that would have been nice had that happened, but I think it's fair to say you had a rough one on Saturday against Madiba. So you guys have had a couple of days now to kind of give it the post-mortem. What do we think for anybody who hasn't watched the game? Uh, I got to apologize. I'm not there yet. Like I've, I've started watching the game this morning and, and I have not been in a good headspace since. Like, no. It's so <laughs> bad. Um, yeah. There's some games that you come away from it being like, oh, you know, if we had done this or like, you know, if we could have just kept the score and going, but we were fine on it. Like, no, they just beat the bricks off us on yeah. both ends of the floor. They just yeah. kind of like... I did that interview about it in Spanish and they were like, so how did you see it? And I was like, yeah, well, when you turn the ball over loads and give a really good team layups and then they're up 10 in the first quarter, it's going to be tough, man. Yeah. We only lost the rest of the game by six. So it's like, yeah, could have been pretty close, but how much have you watched? Uh, the first half now. Uh, it, yeah. I th- minutes apparently because those were not recorded, which is always yeah. too bad. But, yeah. yeah, they started their live stream and they live streamed the entire warm up. And then it cut out. So I think we got to watch you guys running layups in for the first um, first twenty minutes of the war. Then you got to see them running layups in <laughs> when the game started. Um, oh, but yeah, it was it was a rough one for you guys, and it was cut. It was interesting because I you guys obviously played Albacete the week before that, right? And mm-hmm. uh, Ben texted me after the game because he was fuming because you guys beat them by two, and kind mm-hmm. of the. The thing I said to him is is effectively what I said to James after the game, where I was like, look, it's, this league is like the most loaded up wheelchair basketball league I think there might have ever been. And you're just going to get beaten by good teams sometimes. It's not like if you watch any season in the British league where it's like bottom team has no wins, next team up has two wins because they've beaten them twice, next team up has four wins because they've beaten the two teams below. And it's just like... Yeah even number increments um so yeah i think it's just kind of the nature of the spanish league this year is you seem to good teams seem to catch other good teams on their best day and it just the results can go kind of any way when any of the top five or six teams get together yeah so yeah, you, it's, it's tough like that was it. we came away from it being like they had four players that took shots and they all shot yeah. 44 to 54 percent and it's like we did not and also they probably had like 10 more shots than us yeah, i didn't check that but that's Must be something that's like pretty that. tough how do you how do you feel between that and coming up and playing bilbao next week like that's a tough turnaround right yeah that's like i think the the theme of this week is going to be we got to be mentally prepared to like believe in ourselves and play well that's something we struggle with during the game i think that was a big difference uh, between this game and Albacete two weeks ago, where we struggled, but at the point where it mattered, we we like felt good about it and, and yeah. did, what we, did what we could, and that we never got there last week. Like some some stuff, we succeeded in some stuff, and we filled in some other stuff, but we kept just like not not playing confident and yeah. gotta find a way this week to be confident when the weekend comes around. Yeah, yeah. I find it really interesting, like people talking about games like this, like that's quite vague and half of it's like trade secrets, not wanting to be given away. And the other half is like the higher up you get in basketball. I find it's like real easy to just be reductive and be like, ah, 
You got to figure it out. Man. <laughs> we got to just like try it. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, like when we were training and we were like, it was a bit scrappy or whatever. And we were feeling a lack of confidence. Like, hey, we've got to find a way to feel good by Saturday. Like That's regardless, That's like it. six o'clock on Saturday or whatever it is. Like you have to feel fine. Yeah, yeah. it isn't like. But but you say got. you say that's you say that's reductive, but also it's kind of it's more true the higher up you go because every team has the level of well, not every team in your league necessarily, but the best teams in your league have enough talent that you feel confident that you can be like, hey, we can just figure this out and we can go from here. It's not like you're going up against a team where you're like, even if we have our absolute best game and they have their worst game, they'll still beat us by. Hmm like yeah. x number x number of points so yeah i think the bill bow thing is a tough is a tough turnaround for you guys and you had a you had a tough game against them i think when you went to their place earlier was that yeah. theirs? um but the good news is i was looking at your guys stats and your wins and losses and stuff and you've split against every other team that you've lost one game to so you split with madiba albacetti and Ilunia. Mm-hmm. so numbers would dictate that there's a split coming with bill bow I'll take it. Yeah, that would do. And then they, I think they need to drop another one. And then we need to beat the life out of everyone for points difference for the rest of the season. That, like, man, I really am gutted we dropped this game last weekend, obviously, for yeah. every reason, but partly because I would have loved to have come into the last couple of games of the season and needing to just put a hundred on everyone to like try and win the league. Like that yeah. would have been a really weird dynamic. It's like not beat the team that's in first. It's like beat the bottom team by more than they are like yeah i hate that stuff but it would have oh, been, yeah, that, that would have been interesting nice. but now it's just like trying and win games yeah. in front of us but yeah so um i actually watched your guys bilbao game back so i could kind of get a feel oh uh, yeah all right, i've not got a lot to do man i'm between jobs um so i watched that you are sorry we're the three most interested in re-watching basketball games yeah, in the whole world. That is, like, that is we, I live with two others. Like, we've got a couple of other like basketball obsessed people on this team for sure. But like, yeah. in terms of being like, hey, let's stick on this weird one and rewatch it four times. Like, feel like this might be. Yeah, yeah you have the luxury of actually living with basketball players. Like, I just yeah. watch them on my own and send you guys clips of whatever interesting things. Yeah, <laughs> Mendel like clip a YouTube thing, send us WhatsApp and like a WhatsApp message with the exact timestamp and like paragraph being like so what we should do here is and i'm like i love this so much. <laughs> yeah you guys really are like long lost twins if that's the case um but yeah the bill bow game um to go about that i think there's some i didn't really see it the first time i watched it when you played them but going back to watching that and the madiba game that you played just last weekend i think there's some similarities in terms of uh, without giving away trade secrets here, you guys are at your best when you kind of set up and play your five-man offense with your very specific kind of spacing and spots that you get to. And mm-hmm. I think so, Bilbao and Madiba particularly kind of found ways to disrupt that and get you with mm-hmm. the, the kind of physicality or like pressure at certain points or whatever else. So without giving away the entire game plan is that like something you guys have identified or are you just going and believing in what you do yeah for sure i think i think there's a there's a balance to be found there to like adjust enough that you like find the space and find the shots you want to find but not adjust all the way away from what you're good at and what you want to play so yeah yeah it's cool 
I won't ask you to um I won't ask you to spill any more trade secrets in case anyone from Bill Bow is listening, which I without a doubt, right? Without a doubt. Yeah. If anyone from Bow is listening, one, thank you. <laughs> Two, I don't speak Basque. And three, um, <laughs> um teach me some Basque. No, um Basque. Also is that, is that a is that an abbreviation? Because they're pretty good basketball. Basketball. Oh yeah, oh, they man. need to teach me some basketball. Also, if they if they don't spell it like that, that's they're missing out on something. But what was I going to say? Also, if they need to like listen to this podcast to figure out what we do rather than watching us play, <laughs> they need to have a word with themselves. And also, I don't know. I would do it if there would be a basketball podcast about basketball that is run by them. I would yeah. definitely listen. To it. Yeah, you listen. Like, well, no, like, but that's the other thing. It's like at this league, in this league as well, like a lot of teams, you should know how they play already. But it's like the Bilbao thing for us is like, kind of know what, especially like some of their units are going to do. But it's like, man, it's so hard to stop. Like, you've just got to scramble and try and cut off certain things and figure out what you want to give up. And yeah, that'll be, that'll be what we're trying to do this week. But like, we did the double over them last season. Obviously, they've gotten better. That 2 twos lineup is excellent really good but... it, it's mad they've gotten better when they've let Tarek and Tom O'Neill Thorne go that's the thing I can't get my head around yeah it's just but... it's just the, the the lineup thing like they they having two two fives now they can just run without a one and and that makes them so dangerous from all over the all, all over the court yeah 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 it's... yeah trying to fill the gaps in and then you have to give something up and then the thing you have to give up the sort of it's like a higher level thing than it was last year and the, but even like saying when they have a one like their sub is like oh. biggest man in the universe and yannick blair like yeah, <laughs> you know that's, yeah. that's pretty solid man but we as i say beat them last year twice right um yeah I'm yeah gonna, you played preseason games against them so oh I'm, yeah i'm kind of you so beat them um, three times and they beat us three times, but yeah, probably. but you you beat them. Well, Gran Canaria beat them I when okay. James, you were back over here, right? Because I think we watched. Yeah, we watched oh, Rose was gone as well. Right. Yeah, yeah that, that was ridiculous. That was like take more Gladio. take more players away from Gran Canaria, and the stronger they get. Yeah, that was fun. Gladio played forty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. That's um. <laughs> But yeah, obviously that's the big one for you guys now. Have you got what games have you got left following Bilbao? Because you've got is it champs? There's four Cup? more games, I think. Borgos, Las Rosas, Getafe, Getafe, oh, and Bilbao. Yeah. Okay. So, so a couple of couple of interesting ones. Burgos can obviously take a game off anyone because yeah, it's like Burgos beat Bilbao recently, right? Yeah, last game. Last like week, week man. Yeah. It was like we were watching it after we'd already just beaten Albacete by one and we're having a couple of drinks. I was losing my mind. Like, <laughs> just in an outdoor, like, because you're only allowed to sit and eat or drink outdoors, just having yeah. a couple of drinks, just screaming, trying not to flip a table as they, <laughs> as they like, put the last couple of free shoes in. I yeah. was like, this yeah. is amazing. That was wild. So good. That was so much fun. But Burgos have had, like, a couple of great wins this year. Um because they beat Elunion in overtime, right? And then they beat Bilbao as well. And yeah. but both times it's happened, I've dropped Will a text. I text him early in the season to check he was still alive and was able to fend for himself living like away from mm. his mum. But um I've te- <laughs> I've texted him both times, like written him a massive like, hey, way to go, like 
awesome game you've played really well and like emojis and fireworks and whatever else and he just replies yeah cheers mate all, like, all three times <laughs> he's not fussed I know and well, I, I, I wonder, sorry good I wonder how you would get in, in touch with Lee Fryer to do the same thing you might have to like snapchat him or something but I don't know what young kids do nowadays yeah put it on t- TikTok and see if he finds it I don't TikTok know. videos and all that we say young kids he's like 21 now I think oh, he's God. Old enough to be an adult, but isn't one. Anyway, we should probably get away from that before we're slandering anybody else. So, yes. move on. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you guys have, we've just gone through kind of what's left of the Spanish League. You guys have got this kind of curtailed Champions Cup coming up, right? Which I didn't yeah. actually, I didn't know anything about until like two weeks ago. It's Neither just did we. No, James and I actually thought we had Champions Cup in two weeks. Turns out it's three. Yeah, we thought it was we thought it was medieval Bilbao Champions Cup, but there's a week off in between, a weekend off. Sorry, so that's pretty nice for us because like that's a hard run of games, man. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you lose your first game, and then it's really not that tough. No, it isn't. <laughs> but yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. We've got Landell first in their place, right? Yeah, exactly. So. What are your thoughts, Mendel? You looking forward to it? I'm a lot looking forward to it a lot. Like I think watching some German some German league this season. It's it's they play quite differently over the like in general than the most Spanish teams. I feel like it's a uh, Spanish in the Spanish league. It's a lot of a lot of really big bigs and big shooters around them. And now and in Germany, it feels like the top two teams also run just a lot of shooting guards and curling yeah. out for threes. And I think it's a very different game, and it'll be very interesting to see how that matches up. Yeah, for sure. I think um, I've not actually watched much Landil. I kind of glanced at bits and pieces of the games, but I mainly haven't watched them because it's very difficult to find a close Landil game. And if you don't watch like the opening five minutes, they tend to be trouncing anybody they play. Yeah. Um, so and also put your games on YouTube. You cards. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That as well. I'm not actually uh, calling you cards Landil. I'm really <laughs> joking. I just love insulting people with the word card. Um, yeah, put your games on YouTube, man. Come on. Yeah. yeah. I completely agree, man. I don't know what that thing is that the German league uses, but it, it, offers no advantage over having a video on YouTube and is way more difficult to find. I, I hope they get some advantage out of it. Like, I hope they get some sponsorship money. Because yeah, because you have hard to run ads. ads on there. So. Yeah. Okay. It might offer advantage to them. I, I was selfishly meaning for me as the viewer, it offers no advantage to me. <laughs> so, trying, to, trying to get hold of it. Um, but yeah, I think the German league is kind of different, but this Champs Cup is kind of just a Spanish and German melting pot, right, with... Portator is thrown in bizarrely. Yeah. And I there's been there's a weird one, man. Like, yeah, and like the first announced even a different eight with a different like the eighth eight team was even was a different one. Um and then they fell out. And obviously the Turkish league only just started and yeah. like they didn't weren't participating in the Euros. So Wow, imagine imagine the team if turkey turkish teams were coming who saw it a month ago and were like ah gala nice one and then patch like, oh, <laughs> oh no but no i'm i'm very very excited about it oh, so there's a weird thing where like you're paying you're playing the best teams in the world but the way we're playing right now and the way we've been this season i kind of feel like there's no longer games that i'm like can't believe we got drawn against that team. Like, oh, no, like you feel like, the same. Like Mark said earlier, like even even like if both teams have their best game, it's going to be a tight game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So yeah, uh, have have either of you ever played at Landell's Arena before? I have not. No. Neither have I. 
No. I was I was there for one Euro Cup once, and it was the most intimidating thing I've ever. It was like ridiculous. Like you cannot. Obviously, you guys have played internationals and stuff, but you cannot believe that that many people care about a club team. It's just bizarre. <laughs> Um, there won't be any fans, I don't think. No, so that'll be nice. Like playing against the home team first game in the Euro Cup would have been a nightmare, probably, oh, especially a team that's so established and have so many fans. But there not being anyone allowed in the gym will be kind of good for us, I think. Yeah, the great, the great <laughs> equalizer. Yeah, yeah it's um, <laughs> it was a cra- crazy environment, and we well, it didn't really matter for us because we got panned by Landil, but I think there was like people in the crowd for that. They would have panned us had there not been people in the crowd and probably if most of their players hadn't turned up based on the <laughs> kind of disparity between the teams. But um, yeah, I I really look forward to watching the Euro Cup because I think I've obviously watched oh. all your all your guys' games this year, but I miss the Euro Cup just feels different to league things because it feels like teams from any country coming together and kind of... I guess you guys haven't scouted anybody as extensively as you like. You guys are obviously way more prepared for Bilbao because you've played them once already, and you've probably watched some video getting ready to play them again. But I guess you haven't spent all year watching Landil footage because you didn't know that this tournament was happening. No, like I have not. I have not watched a whole lot of German league this season, but it's still like you know all the players. It's not like yeah. That's always like a fun thing about playing teams that you've just never heard of, like in Euro Cup, just crossing against some Serbian team or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, that's I think that's a lot, a lot of fun too. To just you have, you have, we'll have to figure out during the game what they do, how they do it, and how you can best like counter it. So yeah, yeah, on the fly as well, and then also you get to come away and be like, hey guys, you won't believe this, but we played against this third division Russian team, and this guy's the best player in the yeah. world. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, that's probably what Gran Canaria, what Gran Canaria were like when um, they decided to sign you up, James. They probably played you a bit and were like, hey, we thought we could just leave this guy open, but it turns out he's all right. No, that's that's. I think I remember being like 5 from 12 and being fine in that game. But <laughs> um, you guys had a tough Euro League with like people's chairs being broken. That was actually that the time. year before I got I got here. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, so oh, yeah, you were just both my team from Amsterdam only friends and Grand Canaria and uh, Grand Canaria went to Euro Cup and Sheffield two times, two years in a row. Yeah. So for me, they're kind of mixed up too. But the first year I played okay. for only friends and the second team for Grand Canaria. And the first year was the year where Grand Canaria had a lot of mechanic like yeah, material troubles. Yeah. And the Is second that... year was that you were a four year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I played the whole season as a three, and then in the Euro Cup I ended up as a four. Oh yeah, I remember that because I. Th- I think before, I think when James had signed and was like getting ready to move out, we ended up watching back some Grand Canaria games from the previous year. And we were trying to figure out, because you guys played the three big unit against Illunion, right? Yes. And we were like, who, we were like, who in this lineup is a junior? <laughs> we couldn't figure it out. Cause, definitely not Richard. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we were like Richard and then... Um, I can't remember his name. Najib, the yeah. yeah. We played Jorge, Richard, Najib, me, and David. Uh, and David, yes, the one. Yeah. Legend. Because we we like knew Jorge and Richard, um, kind of for who they were. We looked at David and we're like, yeah, don't think he's a junior. <laughs> and, uh, like we were trying, we were trying to figure out between you and because neither of us knew Najib like well at all. We were like, there's no way this guy's a junior, right? But it's really difficult to no. tell because he's so small. <laughs> yeah, and it's so, like. 
really pixelated. So it was like you were just like bigger and had a beard and he was just this small, bald, kind of round man. Yeah. And we were don't, like, no don't, idea. Don't take this the wrong way, Mendel, but I never would have had you down as being a junior if we hadn't gone through kind of processes of elimination. No, to be fair, like, I've been growing a beard since I was like 13, 14. So I've... Flex on him. I've, I've, <laughs> I have not been uh, guest a junior for a long, long time. But and even Gekinaria didn't know I was a junior. Uh, they got me here, and then like they signed me in like May or June. And when I like a couple of weeks before I got here in September, they were like, "Ah, I think you're gonna be a three. I'm like, "Oh, that's exciting! Oh, Happy days!" We're gonna replace another four, but oh, yeah, cool. That's decent, man. So just to cycle back to what you said a little bit, I hadn't put the. Oh, sorry, Otto's going mental. Um. Just to cycle back to what you said a little bit. Um, so you came to the EuroLeague at Sheffield with your Dutch team the first year, right? Yes. Correct. So is that where is that how you and Gran Canaria got in touch? Did they scout you from that tournament, I guess? Yes, but there's two funny stories about that. One of them was that they were firstly most most impressed by Adi, who was also playing. He's playing here now and what was, was playing for Only Friends back then with me. Um but they were like they didn't realize he was that young. So then they were thinking about, oh, he's kind of maybe a little bit too young. He's still in school, and mm. maybe you want to sign someone else. And then like looking at us closer, they they were like, oh, Mendel might be interesting too. Yeah. Um, and then the second funny thing is this: that Richard, he didn't know me obviously. He just saw me play. Was like, no, there's no way in hell I'm gonna play with that guy with that hair. <laughs> <laughs> My hair was a little long that week, and it was, Richard was like, that that's a clown. He's not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. That's so specific. <laughs> I know what when you hear like all the NBA stories about guys who want their guys in place or they want guys with certain mindsets. You hear that stuff all the time. You never hear, "Hey, we only hire guys with certain hairstyles." No, that's a lot. Although yeah. knowing Richie, like I could see him being like, "Just this guy doesn't look tough as nails, and therefore I'm not interested." <laughs> which is like, which is like completely insane. Because then they like you see you play, and it's just like all hustle, all heart. Like, it's like, come on, who wouldn't want to play with Mendel? Yeah. Like, Rich, Richie, Richie, Richie loves you now. Oh, yeah, he loves playing with me too. And he's he's, he's been, very, like, one of the happiest people. Like, he, he tells me regularly that he's very happy I got here. That's so, awesome. He also tells you that you couldn't shoot free throws before you got here all or time. when you got here. Like, he, he loves telling you that. Yeah. Well, and he still tells me when I don't go to the barber for sometimes. <laughs> he's like, Mendel, come on, man. You know, what was there a period when you arrived at Gran Canaria where Richard like had to toughen you up? Did he was it like the old guy and the new guy? Did he lay the like Richard is obviously one of the most experienced basketball players I've ever played with, and like he seems he looks like a very very tough guy. Yeah. But before I got here, I I I sent him a message about. I think he sent me a message about welcome to the team and like uh, you, yeah. can, you, you can get, you can get into your apartment when you get here and I made your sheets so I like made up your bed. <laughs> like oh that's actually what a nice like, man. That, what a what a nice like, nice kind man and like my first months here he was just like like he was a mentor for me. Yeah, he we like we practiced a lot together every day we shot together and like back then he was a lot nicer about my free throws. Now he just tells me I sucked. <laughs> like, you can do this. You can do this. Yeah. Now that awesome. you're actually at the level he wanted to get you to, he's like, man, thank God you're here because you used to be. No. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. I got the same message when I signed here. And it's really funny getting a message from like a Facebook icon of like a flaming skull being like, hey, man, I'm really looking forward to you getting here. I think you could bring a lot to this team. It'll be good to see you. And you're like, oh, what a sweetheart. Yeah. He's the softest man in he the world. He's so generous. He's one of the generous people I've ever met. 
Yeah, I've I've heard that about it. He looks terrifying. And I think the first year we played Gran Canaria um, at EuroLeague, it'll it'll have been when you were with only Franz Mendel. But we played Gran Canaria in the final of that tournament. And there is still a photo of of Richard screaming. It's like red in the face, like mouth wide, like he's possessed or something. (laughs) And I I think that ended up being on the cover of the photo album on like the Facebook, you know, EuroLeague 2 photos or whatever. And it's literally the scary. You can look at it now and it'll still make you jump. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And the the other visual memory we all have of that game was him just snapping Harry's chair in two. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That was ridiculous. Yeah, he's, he's a scary guy. <laughs> yeah, a scary guy. But he 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 did that thing that like he took it an extra step by snapping a chair. But he does that thing that happens in games every so often where you're like, "Ref, I'm trying to file. I don't want to hurt this guy. I'm just gonna like give him a yeah. tap. Please blow the whistle." And they're like, "I do not see it." And then you hit <laughs> someone hard enough to get a call, and they go straight to an unsportsman. Like, yeah. except for this one, if you snap someone's chair, that's probably excessive force. <laughs> But he was like, sorry, Harry, I had to get them to blow the whistle. And Harry was just like, yeah, no problem. (laughs) Whereas I, ice cold on the bench, chilling, unstrapped with a minute to go, was just like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) But terrible. That was all some kind of Richard's elaborate plan to get you to prove yourself like a year in advance. Mm. First thing Uh, I did was airball a free throw, so I don't think I proved very much. (laughs) Well, I dare say it's worked out for you. But um, I guess... Between you guys, um, the kind of Sheffield EuroLeague for the last couple of years is like Grand Canaria's talent hotbed, I guess, if they've picked up you two and Ari from those tournaments. <laughs> They're like, hey, yeah, we just, just have to show up to this show up to this tournament every year and we'll pick up a new player. Yeah, interestingly, that Sheffield tournament is just this player exchange because also Ivan uh, Toscano, who played here first oh, year, yeah. before I was here, but the first year they went to Sheffield. Yeah. The, they also played Lukanether, and he went to Lukanether year after. So. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I hadn't thought. Man, there's a lot of um, the kind of networking of these things is way more complex than you ever give it any credit yeah. for. But the- that's hilarious because it's very complex, and also the entire wheelchair basketball world of transfers is done over Facebook Messenger. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's about like I deleted my Facebook for a long time, and then it's just like it's weird that wheelchair basketball business is done over Facebook. Like that's, I think I know one, one player who told me he had an agent and I think it was his brother or his brother-in-law, but he was like, I don't want to deal with any of this during the summer. I'll just hear after the summer where I go. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. I think he ended up going to Greece. That might be a hint. (laughs) (laughs) His brother was like, I absolutely love the idea of going to Greece to visit you. (laughs) You're going there. The season starts in January. I don't care. You're going. Yeah. The whole um, having an agent thing seems kind of weird because I get when you're like a a real international superstar level athlete, you don't want to be getting Facebook messages from everyone who might ever want anything to do with you or yeah. like text from those people. But I think everyone in basketball knows everybody or knows someone who knows that person enough that you probably don't need an agent unless it's just like you feel cool and like you're a cut above everybody else if you have your own agent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Also, hiring your brother or friend as an agent isn't really having an agent, is it? I feel like in, in football, it happens a lot too, where just like young players starting art out. Like I, I've heard that for Ajax, like just dads. Yeah, yeah. Like I think Messi's dad is still his agent because yeah. it's like I think it's like if you're young and you start off and you just need someone sensible to look after you, I guess your dad or your mum or whoever might be better placed to look out for 
just your interest and yeah. that's the yeah, most that. important thing to you. Yeah. Obviously, as you get older, the pure business side of it is like once you can kind of handle yourself and know when you're being when you're being sort of bamboozled might be <laughs> that might be important. But I guess when you're 16 and it's just like, Dad, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> quite sizable amount of money and i've never seen this before i guess that stuff makes sense but mm. like who do you think you are if you're in wheelchair basketball with an agent i've yeah. seen people with like agents for like off-court stuff who are doing like the lucky few people in wheelchair basketball that are doing some cool stuff like whether it's just like Insta instagram like sponsorship type stuff mm. or like speaking engagements or whatever like and apparently that's a legitimately good way to get kind of into that world but it's like it's it's a very weird feature of wheelchair basketball that people do trying to do cool stuff. There's a lot of people yeah. being like, who do you think you are? Mm. Like we talked to Jorge about that a couple of weeks, didn't we? A couple of weeks ago about like this podcast or like Robin loves YouTube account. Mm. And it's just like so easy to be like, what are we doing here? But like also just let people do cool stuff. Let people try and do fun stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I, I might be uh, spoiling something, but I, I've, I've, I've been asked to prepare one answer to one question, which is the best piece of advice I've ever, I've ever gotten. And like, it's, for me, it is like, no one knows what they're doing. Like no one knows what they're doing. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's the case for like, you know it when you, when you, like when it's about something you know a lot about, and it's, it's something you hear about uh, news stories too. Like everybody who knows who reads a news story about something they know a lot about, it's like, oh, that's not correct. No. But like, no one, like you don't know that because you don't know a lot about all the stuff you read, so. Yeah. Yeah, you do no, that, that's, <laughs> that does make sense. But I think, um, yeah, you're, we're ever so slightly starting to see like wheelchair basketball people try and brand build a little bit. Um, I think Matt Scott's like the very obvious example where he's like the probably the most famous wheelchair basketball player in the world. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Um, and it's, it's not through... I don't... His is just kind of social media self-promotion and he gets in adverts and stuff. But I think you see, like you mentioned, Robin just there kind of building her own YouTube channel and like fan base that way. And um, I know Amy Conroy is doing like a similar thing with her maxi yeah. muscle abs and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. But it's like, like you say, the kind of attitude is like, oh, look at this person thinking they're, you know, they're all this. Given. It's like, well, if, if nobody ever does it, then it's still going to seem weird in 10 years when the first person then tries to crack, like somebody has to go first to some extent, otherwise it's going to seem weird forever. So yeah, if, if, you if, may if, as well break the glass and then also not have to pay for your own protein. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And look at us being prepared to lose money, making the first ever wheelchair basketball covering podcast, but like somebody's got to do it and will be, when there's eventually another one of these, we'll be able to say that we're the originals and we've still not made any money from it. So, Dylan Cummings, when you eventually get the podcast game in a chokehold and you take it real seriously and we're done, I'm going to come and fight you. No, I'm not. Don't worry. I love you, Dylan. This is going to absorb you in his podcast now. Oh, yeah, if he pays me, I'm. Yeah, hey, I mean, if, like, if anyone wants to buy us out, I am, I am all for that. I think <laughs> it from my running costs if well if you include the fact that james bought the microphones i don't know how much the microphones were like 60 each <laughs> i don't remember okay Fine. let so let's say 100 quid for microphones and two months worth of podcast hosting since we moved off rosie's platform which has been a terrible financial move um <laughs> and then 
yeah, the hosting for $12 for the website. So I think we're down like 120 quid at this point, but oh man, hey, it'll roll in. Sunk costs, we're, right? We're having, we're having fun, aren't we? Yeah. Um, Mendel, Mendel, I really hope you can open us up to a new Dutch audience because this might be the equalizer for us. Oh, as you might have noticed, my social media presence is, is, is huge. So <laughs> I, I'm a, I have to apologize because I am off the social media game. So I have no idea if you're being serious or not. If oh, you no, are. He is also off the social media oh, game. I, yeah. kind of. Yes. I just, I'm just, just a cons- 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 consumer. Okay, cool. What was, I, I don't tend to get into this because I think there's now a, there's now a, it's flipped where initially when you came off social media, everybody was like, oh, good for you. You know, one of the people who's actually mm. gone ahead and done it. And now there seems to be like a backlash where everyone thinks that people who are off social media have done it because they want to like lord it over everybody else and be like, hey, look how high and mighty I am, which I really try not to do. So what was your reason for going off social media? If you don't mind oh, me asking. Like- I have never made like such a drastic change. Like I'm still on all of them. They still exist. I just okay. don't really care for posting all that much. But I just, I still feel like I'm on them. Like I, there's, there's a weird imbalance there where whenever like over the summer, I just see what James is doing. And I feel like, oh, I'm feel, I feel pretty close to James or to whoever I'm Instagram stories I'm watching. And it's like, oh, this is definitely not the same the other way because I haven't posted anything in like four years. <laughs> so yeah. You're pa- passive observer rather than participant yeah probably what it's that's probably like the right level of being involved in it like in terms of obviously post whatever you want but it's like just being like oh that's nice block like (laughs) you know what i mean i don't know it might be but also like like i said i i might be connected to people who don't feel connected to me at all because they don't have no idea what i'm doing yeah i james says that's the right level but if everybody just sat around waiting to see what everyone else was up to nobody would ever actually post anything (laughs) it would just be dead space yeah, I do remember one of my friends like following me on Instagram years ago and just not like having an Instagram that they don't post anything on themselves. And they were like, follow me back. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, oh, before I forget, I wanted to follow up the question that Mendel answered for himself, which was, what's the best piece of advice you've ever given? Yeah. The follow up that I didn't prepare you for is what's the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? <laughs> Should have been prepared because I've listened to your podcast. Um, <laughs> we only do this with guests, so we also um, have like fifteen other questions that we didn't want to ask you because we wanted to not waste your time. <laughs> oh, you're, you're not listening. To that. Okay, the next one's about potatoes. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my next one as well. <laughs> um, worst, worst piece of advice. I've heard some. I, I remember hearing some bad ones recently, like last half year. Um, where are you from? You can tell me later. Yeah, I'll no. tell you later. I'll tell you later. <laughs> um, or you can, you can, you can, uh, you can think it's, you can, you can act like it's a swear and just edit it up. No, no. fine. I think I, uh, I, I'll, I'll probably guess. <laughs> um, uh, it might be never help on defense. <laughs> oh, that's ter- that is terrible. Okay, well, will we can we keep that in if we don't expand any further? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, yeah, yeah. fine. We'll, uh, we'll yeah. stay. We'll stay on the call afterwards, and Mendel can give us the dirt. Uh, no, I could. I could just text you about this. I already know what's happening. Um, okay. What was I going to say? Okay, the next question: What is the best preparation of potato in the world? We used to say, "What's the best type of potato?" And people would be like, "Sweet," or like oh. "Russet," and we'd yeah. be like, "Shut King, up, King Edwards." <laughs> um. 
He's going to come up with some Dutch recipe here. <laughs> We're just going to have to nod along to and pretend we know yeah, what he's doing. It's all right. I speak fluent Dutch. It's fine. Mark, have I told you about this? No, good. I speak fluent Dutch. Not really. I told Mendel, uh, obviously, I told Mendel and uh, Ari that I was going to learn Dutch just to surprise them. And then my actual plan was like, not tell anyone, go away and practice some Dutch and then come back. And then I realized it was way easier and funnier to just pretend that I speak Dutch and like, <laughs> when they're talking. Oh, and I'm in on this. Like every time, like there's something Dutch going on, I was like, right, James? Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> and it's like, there's a, a couple of words that I know that like Mendel and Ari will be talking and I'll catch something and you'd be like, right, James? And I'll be like, yeah, chicken. And you'll be like, what? <laughs> but, yeah. but, but sorry. Yeah, no, to answer the question, I'll, I'll go for just mashed potatoes, man. Like, I, I love some good mash. And as, a, as an eight-year-old, I've participated in a, like, amateur, meaning, like, just me and some family friends, mashed potato eating contest. And I won, and I, like, Whoa. You got yeah. to clarify amateur, as in you weren't illegally employed as a child laborer to consume much. It's <laughs> hilarious. This, this is also the first time we've ever asked the potatoes question and someone's had like credentials and <laughs> be like, hey, I won this. <laughs> it's normally just people shrugging and being like, I don't know, fries? <laughs> yeah. So thank you. Just like, dauphin is that how you pronounce it? Or like, do sweet potatoes count? You're like, okay. Sweet potato fries are amazing. Though. Sweet potato fries are fantastic. Sweet and you sweet can't sweet. buy sweet potatoes on this whole island, apparently. Can you not? I have no, I can't find them in any supermarket. But in every supermarket I know, they're like at least two different kinds. <laughs> oh, this is fun. He's White got you on this one. They call yellow ones that are actually orange. Oh, so the yellow ones are... Yeah, you want the yellow ones. But that, that. Yes. Okay. Mendel, okay. tell us other things about Gran Canaria that James doesn't know. <laughs> Every restaurant in the world. Mendel, you have... the you, and Mendel has the most expansive, like, restaurant knowledge on this island of anyone or any source, including, like, probably... Oh, really? That's to be fair, to be fair, like, James and Anna gave me and my girlfriend for our collective birthdays uh a, a groupon for a, for a restaurant we had not been to which was quite impressive because we have been to like <laughs> and it, ended up, it ended up not being great it was not great but that's fine <laughs> well that i guess that's how it's got to happen right if you've exactly. been to ev if you've been to every restaurant on the island you're probably there aren't going to be any good ones that you don't know about so yeah there's, yeah, there's, so certain, there's certain people in our like certain people we know here that like to go to the same restaurant or the exact same thing and like that is fun but we like to switch it, switch it up some now yeah too. what meant it? me with desserts originally and i was like leave me alone no, 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 no. no ari <laughs> ari 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 likes a, a nice little trip out for lunch and he also like knows what he likes likes what he knows which i respect but yeah. my god he's probably poured some serious money into three restaurants on the beach <laughs> but like also there's a thing of like why see the world if you've got the beach in, well yeah there's like there are three restaurants here that are like in the sun and we'll give him a good burger so he's like, but there's like 15 though yeah so i can find you a better burger and more sun if i yeah <laughs> but that's um it's funny because you always say ari's like your child and that is like the most kid thing in the world to go to the same place a hundred times and just pick the safe option it's like you can't you can't take any like six to ten year old out without them being like i don't care where we're going i'm getting chicken nuggets yeah. Do you want to hear the most that story in the world? And it's yeah, about me as like an actual toddler. So it's more excusable. <laughs> I remember we went like my parents and me and my sister when we were like, I mean, like I must've been like a baby. Um, so maybe two, three, they were like, Hey, do you want to order something off this kid's menu? We've got there's chips here and there's chicken nuggets and there's whatever. And I was just like, for some reason I was like, I want Cocoa Pops. <laughs> and they were like, 
It's 7 p.m. You end up going up, you weirdo. Obviously, I don't, think, I don't think my parents call me a weirdo. If they do, it might have explained some stuff. But um, they were just like, you can't. And I was like, just freaked out until they were like, sorry restaurant this is super weird but do you guys have cocoa pops like <laughs> from breakfast i think it was like a hotel and they were like yeah and they were like this guy will stop crying if you get him some cocoa pops so they did <laughs> and it was like that is the most give this kid what he wants you've not changed yeah. at to be all. Fair, like i haven't changed a bit to, to give credit words do like adi will eat something he doesn't know and he will like be open yeah, he, like he, he will not be like, I need, I need my nuggets. You need to walk him out of his comfort zone, but he'll go. Like, yeah, he'll go. But it's mostly because he'll just like, hey, do you want to go here? <laughs> okay. Like, like he's a little bit older in that regard. He's a teenager where it's like, hey, do you want to come do this thing? Oh, that's nice. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But, he, he sounds a very easy person to live with. <laughs> oh, he's so, the most horizontal man in the world. I love the it. Least objectionable person. Um, yeah. We've gotten hugely off topic from anything basketball. Shall we bounce? <laughs> shall we bounce back to anything relevant at this point? Yes, do it. Cool. Um, so I think we've covered basically everything wheelchair basketball related that you guys have got coming up. So Mandel James tells me you can probably hang on NBA talk for ten to fifteen minutes while we wrap this podcast up. We also have questions to do. Just we so also you know, have so. okay. We'll do five minutes. <laughs> we'll do fair, fi- my last week. My my most informative NBA uh, <laughs> uh, consumption was your guys' podcast about the trade deadline. So, oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. That wasn't informative. I'd like to let you know that that was us. <laughs> and like this guy's going here, and it makes sense. But I don't like him. So. I just meant but, to say, like, I can hang on just because I know what you guys do. Oh, fair. that's nice. So, cool. Um, yeah. Did you see that dunk last night, Mark? Did you see Bismarck Bayambo? Is officially been murdered on a basketball court. I haven't. Who was it? Who dunked? Um, was it Miles Bridges? Well, they're on the same team, so I very much doubt if one of them murdered. Them. No, um, sorry, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Miles Bridges. He murdered someone else recently. Who dunked? I don't remember. Um, that, that is going on Reddit to find out. Thanks, Mandel. <laughs> Cheers, Mandel. Keep talking, James. Keep talking. It's, um, it's nice when we have guests who are more prepared than we are. What I wonder is like. Oh, Miles Bridges dunked over Clint Capella. Ah, I was thinking Bismarck Bamba because he got murdered recently. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you think when the Atlanta Hawks was like, ah, this guy just like killed Clint Capella, there was someone who like paying Clint Capella in a thing that was like, he's not actually dead, is he? Because then he doesn't <laughs> have to fill the rest of his contact out. Like, just that's rough, but... forward it to his wife and family. Um, my favorite NBA. Not that, that's horrible. My favorite NBA moment of this week, which I meant to talk to you about in text, but I completely forgot. Zach Levine went nuts the other night against, it, that was against Atlanta actually. And he hit like six threes in the first half. And on his sixth one, he like sidestepped Bogdan Bogdanovich, like gave him the pump fake sidestep, swished it. And then he looked at Bogdan Bogdanovich and was like, this guy can't guard me. And it's like, hey, get over yourself, man. He is serbian and like six foot three he can't guard anybody it's the equivalent it's like if mendel was going up against landil in a couple of weeks and posted up like their one point woman and was like she can't guard me it's like yeah she that's not why she's there correct i do love that <laughs> level of trash talk when someone's like this guy this guy can't guard me and i'm like he can't right. guard like yeah, he can't guard anybody. I think her name is Annabelle. Right? Annabelle, yes. I've been trying this new thing where, like, I feel like being like, leave the girl is a bit rough. Uh, so, like, we're, I'm trying, my, I'm trying my best to like 
use names okay, um, and Mendel caught me slipping there because I was just like there's a really weird thing where it's like hey we're gonna like double like we're gonna like double off this one or we're gonna like leave this girl completely he was like you can't say that and then like play against Rose for example or yeah. Yeah. like that, that's very you know what I mean it's, it, it's a weird one but yeah also like that bit of trash talk when someone's just like well obviously it's super interesting like I don't know I don't really participate in trash talk you no. don't either Oh, I do a little bit. Yeah, well, a tiny bit. But yeah. I'll, I'll usually joke about it afterwards and I'll be... Yeah. So, I, I just imagine I've never seen a Dutch team versus Dutch team game, but I imagine everyone in the Netherlands is way too chilled out to have any kind of trash talk. I imagine it's just like, hey, good shot, man. Hey, thanks. Oh, people get riled up, man, but it's just... It's not important enough for anybody to really... Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, people just get riled up about their egos, not about yeah. anything that, that's... Yeah. On the court. yeah 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 i don't know like i don't like no one ever trash talks anyone who isn't hurting them that much really so like i'll only very occasionally get some stuff but i just like someone like give you some give you some trash talk and you just look at them funny <laughs> you're like what do you what do you mean yeah. shut up like no but that's real dumb but yeah tra- trash talk generally is i think it's underappreciated that even guys who are like famous trash talkers most of the time, it doesn't add anything to the... You're never like, oh, Phoenix won this game because Chris Paul trash talked such... You're never like, that it really made a difference. It's just kind of weird and stupid and generally ineffective. And I don't think... I think we've talked about this when we talked about The Last Dance ages ago. But very few people are actually good enough at trash talk for it to be relevant. Yeah, like it's just it's a weird it's a weird concept. Uh, yeah. I guess in the Spanish league, most of the trash talk would be in English, right? Because there's barely any Spanish speakers who are like prominent sure. people anymore. There wasn't a Spanish starter last game, I don't think. No, no Spanish starters in us against Madiba. There were obviously Hispanic starters in yeah, that. Yes. There were there was one Mexican and one Mexican American. Um, I remember that, like you guys were on a Colombian, yes, and you guys were talking about it. And I went to Salvador and I was like, in Spanish, I was like, how does it in Spanish people? Come on, you've got you, you've got Jorge, you've got Maria. Like, I'm speaking fluent Spanish right now, it's good. (laughs) Like, come on, just as a joke. And then the ball went up and they beat us by 16. But you know, (laughs) sorry, go ahead. I said, I think the most proud you've ever been in your whole Gran Canaria career was when you guys played Bilbao in the friendlies at the start of your first season, you're like, hey, David Marie's like stopped me and was like, your Spanish is class. I think that that did it for you more than anything that you've ever, ever yes. done mid-game. Um, like, Thank you. You're <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? My favorite, like, talking about crash talk not really affecting the game. Like, I legitimately think Chris Paul needs it. Do you see what he did against Utah a couple of days ago? Like, it was the most Chris Paul game ever. Finished with 29 and 9, hit like the mid-range clutch up at the end of the game. And at one point, Donovan Mitchell missed a free throw and he tried to high-five it. (laughs) (laughs) That is the most Chris Paul combination of things in the world. Like like nearly 30 and 10, mid-range game winners in a tight game when it matters. And then just being awful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a man we can all model ourselves after. Shall we hit questions with our last 10 minutes or so? Let's do it. Pardon? Come at me. Mendel, you said you had some stuff that you were going to ask us. If you oh, yes, I had one question that I wanted to ask on air, which is why you guys called bench units. Uh, okay, so here's what happened. 
this came organically out of the fact that our first year in Sheffield, neither I nor Mark played at all, <laughs> really, because we started George, Bill, Harry, Ben, Happy. So me and Mark had these conversations without a microphone. And then we're like, Rosie, who used to run this podcast, had a podcast. And I was like, hey, get me on your podcast. It'll be fun. And she was like, did you not hear? I've like messaged Mark to see if you guys would do one for me. Oh, wow. So we were like, it's funny that it went from like the bench talk. And then we were like, let's try and find a bench pun. And then we thought it would be funny to call it the bench unit. And then the, if we were bench units, because you can describe big, strong men as absolute units. And yeah. <laughs> that, that was funny and ironic. And also Never it was between there. that and uh, garbage time, which I thought was really uh, funny, but that is also a licensed podcast on ESPN. Yeah, so have more qualified lawyers than we do. So that would be hard. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I think the, the other one we kicked around was the long two as well, but that considering it's an entirely audio podcast, I don't think anyone would get the joke that we've got like seven feet of, sorry, like nine feet of combined arm span or whatever our collective wingspan yeah, is. Like 12 feet probably. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that wouldn't have. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, but I, I really, really like garbage time or like trash talk or just something that's a basketball pun, but implying that we're just, yeah, talking yeah, nonsense but bench units is fun and i i don't know like it's, it's we've just kind of kind of rolled with it and also we could have changed name when we decided to go out on our own but benchunits.com was available so i was like we're having that that's so, so much better than a more generic name and having to be like slash dot org dot uk or any of that crap yeah exactly stick with it it's nice. yeah yeah Okay, so we have a handful of questions on Instagram, one on Facebook, and for anyone on Twitter, you've let me down. Um, (laughs) Follow follow me on all of the social medias, please. Um, So first question is from my friend Barry Lynch. Should Liverpool sell Salah? Uh, Yes, okay, whatever. Mendel, do you care enough? (laughs) I I have no idea right now. I'm sorry. Okay. um, Yeah, you should should change something. Um, Mark, (laughs) any thoughts? Pass. Okay. Um, I asked if anyone could send me in any questions, and Life of Anna C., whoever that is, said no. Never. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks, Anna. <laughs> um, Claire Taggart, um, Northern Irish uh, GB Botcha player who is on the British Athletes Commission, um, men- just said we, if we had anything to, asked if we had anything to say about mental health and disability. Uh, Mendel, anything in particular on that? I thought it was a quick fire round. No, <laughs> no there's, there's, we're going deep in like five minutes, but yeah. Um, I don't know. I w- I've always been fascinated by, by the uh, research about happiness that winning the lottery makes you less happy than actually getting a spinal cord injury. Um, wait, did I say the right way around? Like, yeah. Yeah. On average, people end up happier like 10 or 15 years after a spinal cord injury than... 15 years after winning the lottery which is fascinating so, yeah super weird do you think that's like a perspective changing thing i think you can like humans get used to anything yeah anything man we, i i've never actually heard of that particular bit of research or study or whatever that was but that's really interesting i might go and have a look at that afterwards but yeah i think all that stuff's perspective right because any like any situation that you're happy or sad with must come from a matter of perspective on some level. Yeah. 
We so. had an interesting conversation after our game, uh, a couple of glasses of water in uh, with a couple of our guys and uh, someone from the other team. But we were just talking about like a bit of my health stuff. Um, other people talking about similar stuff. And we were just saying like, that's part of it. Like you come away from something as big as that. And you're like, oh, well, compared to that, like, that's yeah. fine. Obviously, I came away from that with a lot of mental health baggage and it's affected me at various different points at various different levels. But like, say my actual disability landed me with any mental health stuff any more than like mine was like an acute health problem that wasn't disability related in any particular way that mm-hmm. just kind of landed on my shoulders at one point. And that obviously gave me some mental health issues that I'm still yeah. dealing with, but in terms of disability, I'm very yeah, fortunate I th- that it never affected me before. I think it's two different ball games for people who are born with their disability versus people who, you know, acquire it um, at some point in their life. I think you're way more likely to have the mental health struggle side of things. If you're, if you go from being fully able-bodied to, you know, picking your disability up along the way. I've actually heard people defend both camps in this regard, like both people saying, I think it's easier to to know what you're missing or I think it's easier to not know what you're missing. Like, Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. How? What's your, because um, you're a, a two-leg amp, Mendel, what was your story behind that, if you don't yeah, mind me asking? I, oh, I, you, I was you born about my fibulas, my, um, so the, 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 the least important bone in your lower leg. Okay. Um, so yeah, I walked on prosthetics since it was like, 14 months, 16 months, I don't know. Oh, cool. That, that's early. So do you tell people the story where you like got attacked by a shark or anything crazy to scare people? Oh man, I have never done this. Um, I I remember very lightly my first camp, which was actually in the in in England, I think, in Stoke. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> sorry. And, sorry. <laughs> and some like some, I don't know even remember who it were like what the the person in question but i heard like very very strong stories about, about disabilities and i just believed all of them i came home and was like mom this guy flew out of a roller coaster no that one's true that's oh, what i was that, gonna that, say that, we have yeah. i was literally about to use that as an example of the fact that i came away from hearing some people's stories being like i wonder what it actually is they just told me that so i'd stop asking them but like no there's there's someone who like slipped off a roller coaster and missed a leg like that's that stuff's rough yeah, so anyway, we're probably giving people some kind of trauma if they have to listen to all this stuff back. So let's hit the next question. Okay, so Rose Holliman, um messaged in and asked what our favorite, what your favorite style of play as is, and an athlete that encompasses that. Ooh, you gotta say Jorge. Yeah, out of here. No, you're out of here anyway. But like, you gotta say. No, honestly, I, my first thought was Jorge, but it was like a teammate is a little, a little lame. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Robin, <laughs> Moose, no. Um, like I, I just love people that try to make their teammates better all the time and, and make them make them flourish and make them thrive. And I think Corey is a good example of that. Mm. Yeah, I've been charmed by Agustin uh, Alejos this season too. Just like him, his willingness to pass and his like his the the, the speed at which, at which he reads the game is like I think that's impressive and I think it makes like it's it's a it's a Jokic light like it makes your teammates better if you Whoa. if they know you you're gonna find them. 
Augustine is Jokic is what I've never heard. Like I said, light, but like I think I think that makes the team way better, and I think yeah, I yeah. like that a lot. Nice. Sure, you got one, James. Um, I like I like how we play it. Jorge kind of drives the car, so that's an easy one. Also, super easy to say. Like I love playing with Phil, and I love how he plays, and I just want to like. I just like teams that play in a, like a dynamic, open sort of way. And I like people who run up and down the floor and throw the ball around and try to make teammates better. So like playing against Matt at the weekend was like a Matt and Phil on the same yeah. floor was a good example of that. Like two guys <laughs> that fly up and down and throw the ball about the gym and share the ball and just yeah. sort of like going hard to the basket and also pulling up from three and stretching people out. And yeah, I'm a big fan of that sort of stuff. What about you, Mark? Um, in particular style, I wouldn't. I think everyone who plays likes playing transition basketball. One way, most people yeah. until you reach a certain age, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think my my favorite person I've ever played with is like the best player nobody knows about anymore because it was when I was a kid and I was making my way up, and it was Callum Gordon, who I think you've met, James. I don't know if you've ever seen him play. No, I've met him, but never got to see but, him play, and I've heard so many things. Yeah, like he was the gray beard at Steelers at that point. He was like nearly in his 50s um, mm-hmm. and was just kind of mentoring like me and Harry as we came through and playing. GD four-pointer. Yeah. Playing with that, playing with that guy was unreal. It, it just was like the easiest role in the entire world. It's like, hey, I've got a big who's constantly defended by two people, and um, yeah, he he was like old at that point, but he was also the you described Augustine as Jokic light, but I think Callum could throw the most accurate end to end javelin pass of anybody I've ever seen. He he could throw. You could be like on a fast break with two people trailing you, and he would like land it in your lap without you having to like look up or even put your hands out it would just like fall in, fall into your lap it was ridiculous um but yeah nobody knows about him anymore because there's no there isn't really any video of when those guys were playing yeah um, i started playing with a similar guy called mario osterbos and like he had some ridiculous long range in his passes too and like i was just young in the quick double amp and i just like flew down the court and he yeah. hit me every time yeah. <laughs> i kind of miss that right now especially like we're not a big team and no. I need to rebound, but I would, I love like just, just going. running and fighting yeah. with the other. Yeah. It's like, that's something that I love doing and I love watching other people do, but I feel like I never get away with it. Even if I'm like furthest away from the hoop anytime, I'm like, I'm out of here. Like the rebound will land on the free throw line and it will be my fault. But yeah. yeah. Cool. Next question. Uh, we have been asked uh, about our views on George Bates and the IPC. Obviously we could, I'll talk a lot about this, but yeah. I feel like we should in the interest of time, in the interest of time, and obviously maybe politics. Yeah. Um, say that, say like, uh, keep it short, but I just let people play basketball, man. Like, yeah, I think obviously like let people who've worked for a Paralympics go to a Paralympics before you change yeah. the rules as well. But like, for sure. like, let people. Is, yeah. Is an easy mistake. Like, yeah. that should not have happened. Yeah. Um, I think if. If anyone really wants to hear kind of our expanded thoughts on it, we actually did an episode with George when this was all kind of brewing. Um, so you can go back and listen to that. Mendel, it sounds like you're very much on the same kind of note with it that we are. I think it's just re- it is really unfortunate they've cracked the the line where it is at this point in time. Seems a weird judgment to me, but yeah, we probably shouldn't get too deep into this. You might be able to get as deep as you want into it, but what do you want to say? Like. I think, like I said, the timing is is really, really stupid, I think. 
um, then like the fact that there needs to be drawn a line somewhere, like you can discuss that. Sure, you can be like, should just be open in a wheelchair. We're all like equal, like keeping in mind we have the classification system as it is. Um, but disability sports will always be weird in that like a hundred mm -hmm. meter sprint is a is just a game. It's a, a, a game to see who's who's the quickest in the world who does a hundred meter sprint. But if if you're doing a disability uh, printing match like it's gonna be you have to discern who, who can join and who cannot like it's it's all you have to draw a line somewhere it's a, it's a it's a it's a game about who can do something the best among the people who cannot do something at the very best and that's yeah. going to be that's always going to be really hard and it's got to be somewhere and, and that kind of means it's going to be a random line um, yeah no i agree with you i think that the line has to be somewhere but it's not necessarily fair to the people on the other side of it of which there's always going to be some yeah oh, and just to make sure in this case like george has very clearly got a lower leg yeah. lower limb disability and should be allowed to play yeah and yeah. also like this a bit like some disability sports like i get like if it's okay how much of your leg do you have if you're running 100 meters but it's like okay we're going to strap you into this chair and we're going to assign you a level of points based on how much core and how much leg and whatever like yeah. i feel like it's like hey let people play because yeah. I don't think yeah. there's very few people who play wheelchair basketball who'd be like, nah, get them out of here. Like, yeah. let them play, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, Sorry, guys. Next, Helen Freeman asks, said, Mendel and Ari are big parts of your, uh, you and Ari are big parts of your team. Um, do you think the Netherlands will change to fit them more? I think there's no way they cannot look into it, at least. Like, we, we're going to have to try lineups with Ari in a dominant role. Uh, just because he's being so productive and so efficient here. Um, it's tough because we lack mid, like, mid to low pointers. Like mm -hmm. we have threes and we have higher than that. We're, we're pretty good, but we have, we're short on ones and we have no twos. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to find lineups where a three, five, we can run a three, five instead of a three. Yeah. Uh, you, you could um, find James a Dutch citizenship. And we so have discussed me marrying one of them. <laughs> to, to kind of figure it out but no Adi and I tell like James semi-regularly that he would be he would be a legend if he would be, become Dutch like yeah I'd, <laughs> I'd start no um I don't know about um, that but yeah I think I actually um this was one thing I was gonna I kind of had on the back burner to ask about but Helen's Helen's coming with it I think Thanks, that Helen. I think the Netherlands are a good example of you guys have played the same way for a long, long time. And I think it's kind of, you've had some good tournaments where I think you finished like fourth in the Euros a couple of times running yes. and it's got, it's got you to big tournaments and stuff. But I think you yourself and Ari coming through and being a bit younger than the core guys, I think you look like a team where it's time to, even if it means maybe dropping back in the standings once or twice, it's time to try something different. Well, obviously, far be it from me to make that decision because I'm in no way Dutch. Yeah, like it's fun because we have a still a relatively young core. Like we have me, we have Adi, we have Matthijs Bellert, we have Gijs Even who's playing well in Germany right now. We have I forgot about him. Uh, Patrick Boer who's playing well. He just won his first leg of the Italian uh, league final this weekend. That's a great like, game if anyone hasn't seen it. Super weird. San Stefano. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's playing some stuff in the season. Like we have, we can, we can still do some stuff with the with the core we have right now. I don't think, like, I think finding a way to add Adi to the to the system would be like it's possible and it should be explored for sure. But 
Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Okay. Uh, talking of Ari, Ari has asked, oh, which no. title would you most like to win this season, Mandel? Ooh, choosing out of the three of the league, couple of A and Euro Cup. You could probably like you could also just say like a doctorate or something. Like that's technically a title, but I, I think <laughs> you need those three. Sterhood. Um, um, out of those three, I'll take Euro Cup. Yeah. I'll take Euro Cup. Like yeah, it's, it's just it's just such a great pool of teams. Yeah, like that, just if, if you can make that work, that is that is legendary. Yeah, um, that's the big dance. If you guys were to win that one. Yeah, for sure. I would say Euro Cup too, because it's like you don't want to do the American thing of like winning an NBA championship and calling yourself the world champions, but like you're the best team in the world if you win Euro Cup. I think. Yeah, I think you are. I think so. Unless like any like unless like a random Australian club, obviously. Who got the, the big Aussie players would come over and give you yeah, a game. But it's, that'd be so much fun. It's different now, um, because Euro Cup's only eight teams though. Galatasaray would probably see whoever won the Euro Cup and be like, hey, we'll have a crack at these guys. We fancy our chances. Yeah, um, exactly. Obviously, you could say like Mediva aren't in Euro Cup. Like if we went to if we went to Euro Cup and won it like two weeks after Mediva beating us and we were like, we're the best team in the world. They'd be like, hey, shut up. This year, all the titles would be strange though because Euro Cup is different. League, league is different because there's no playoffs. And then like maybe the most normal tournament would be the Couple d'Arrêt. Yeah, which was meant to be four teams and now it's just eight again, <laughs> mysteriously. <Yeah. Dark> web. <laughs> so... Cool. Uh, we got got anything else? Or we uh, last question? Dylan Cummings, who helped you the most when you first started playing? Thanks, Dylan. Oh, that's a that's a good one. Um, Nobody. No. <laughs> no, I think that would have to be my first coach called Jules Jules Van Weyman, Uh I think is his name. <laughs> Jules, or I don't know. I'm not sure about the last name. Van Vanen or Vanen. Um But Jules, like he just was a very intelligent basketball player. Loved, like taught me to look at the game like. Try to, to try to teach me to look at the game intelligently, and just like I love to talk up talk about basketball with him, like that he just created that love for me. Um, nice. So that was that was him. Yeah. For nice. Me. That's important. Like having someone that like makes you care about basketball and at some sort of level, straight up, like straight away, like that's yeah, like they gotta bring, they gotta kind of rope you in and then give you something to stay there. So like that's that's cool, man. I think that question was just for Bendel because I'm sure Dylan knows the answers to. Yeah, we both say Mark. we both say Dylan. Yes, Dylan Cummings <laughs> got me in the basketball. <laughs> Love you, Dylan. Um, so yeah, I think that's cool. it. Wicked. Only ten minutes later than we thought we would be. That's awesome. Fine. That is, These things happen. How long you can talk, James? That's that's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Me and Mark it, are going to record like a like a like an epilogue afterwards. It's fun. Uh, that's funny you not. say that. Funny you say how long you can talk, Mendel, because I'm um, putting together the plan for my wedding at the moment, and I have to work out how much time to allocate to James's speech. So uh, you're going to drag me off. An hour and ten minutes might be on the low side. Yeah, maybe. I'm not going to record that. Though. I was going to oh. say, please record it. Oh, that'd be amazing extra content. My we, man. We got. Speech. We've got videographers, man. It's going to be recorded. Oh, amazing. I'm gonna wow, I've, I'm gonna take this real seriously. <laughs> I was going to before that, obviously. All right, yeah, thanks. Cool, thank right. you so much, Mandel. This Mandel, me, guys. yeah, we've wasted more than enough of your time at this point. So, thank you very much for joining us, man. It's been a pleasure to meet you and to hear that you can ramble alongside me and James. You're welcome back anytime. 
Likewise, good sir. We'll, we'll be in touch. We wasted more than enough of your time, and that was you just listening to our previous episode. So thanks for coming on. <laughs> All right. Um, and yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. This was another episode of the Bench Units. If you liked it, uh, please tell us validate our feelings um like subscribe rate it do all those things that you have to tell people to do now that you're losing money on a podcast and yeah we'll be back soon wicked right thanks a lot guys we're gonna get out of here peace bye